The dust has settled. On today's episode, we pick our three winners and losers from last week's crazy trade deadline. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manerfeld. Robert Stangler and Noah Manerfeld are here with me. We're minus Nick Budig this week. He's in the wild wilderness. That's even a thing. A wild wilderness. Yeah, he's, out wild, he's out there. He's out there in the thing. trees and the. He's one with nature. So uh, no Nick today. <laughs> one with nature. Uh, yeah, but Robert and Noah are with me. Robert, man, what's up? Not much. Just got done watching the Diamondbacks. They win. <laughs> they did. How about them? Uh, it was a little bit interesting because I was watching that and your Cardinals at the same time, and I saw one game was good situational hitting, the other game not so much. I'm sure you can guess which one that was. Uh, Cardinals cannot hit situational hitting, so I'm guessing the Diamondbacks is good situational hitting. Yes, that is correct. Yep. Okay, I called it. I think the Cardinals <laughs> are like second to last in runner scoring position, so that's cool. Wow. Really bad. And Noah is here as well. What's up? You know, I, I worked a state high school baseball tournament this week, so I got to keep score for baseball games and just watch baseball for an entire week. It was great. I got paid oh, to do it. Paid. Yeah. yeah it not great. bad. That's not a bad gig at all. It's, it's almost a career, Noah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like people do this for a living. <laughs> like they do that? I, really? What? Sports man. writers, you could be a broadcaster. I mean, man. It's the life. Moving up. That is the life. Sit in a press box and talk with other sports writers and get free b-dubs mm-hmm. while watching 16 year olds duke it out on a baseball field it's kind of creepy if you put it in that way but <laughs> well high schoolers are what how old are high schoolers <laughs> there's a guy moving on there's an yeah. iowa state quarterback oh, like 92 oh really hunter decker oh, i don't know who that is yeah. that's all right i'm more a modern iowa state guy and college football starts in like three weeks or four weeks, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got to move on. This is getting out of control. <laughs> so uh, before we get into the trade deadline talk and the name game, I just want to remind you we're on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. You can send your questions to thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at stitchespod. Again, that's at Stitches Pod on Twitter for all our hot takes. Let's do the name game here before we get into some heated debate about the trade deadline, which happened uh, just a few days ago. It seems like it's been a long time since then, but actually just on Wednesday uh, was the trade deadline. All right, so the name game today, Josh Advocate. Advocate. Josh Advocate. The Texas Ranger pitcher. Josh Advocate. Robert, you're first. Is he an advocate for himself? I don't know. <laughs> Are you going to advocate for him? I'm not going to say anything extra <laughs> because whenever I do, you guys guess if I'm if it's an actual player or not and you get it right. So I just like I just keep it to the bare minimums. Let Noah go first. All right, Noah, you go first. This is not fair. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Um, yikes, because I was going to say yes, too. So I'm going to go with yes. Okay, so Noah and Robert say yes on Josh Advocate that he is a real baseball player. At the end of the show, we will reveal if he is a real baseball player or not and if Robert and Noah are correct. Trade deadline, guys. 
We talked a little bit on Wednesday. We had an emergency pod we put out for 15 minutes, really just going over the basics of some of the big moves. But today I want to focus, break it down to three winners from the trade deadline and three, three losers from the trade deadline. So each of us picked three teams on each side of the coin there, and we're going to analyze and break it down and see uh, who came out on top. Let's start with the winners. I'll do mine. We'll just go down the list, guys. So just say our three, and then I'll start. I'll kind of pick and choose the interesting ones. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll start. My three winners, the Houston Astros, Cleveland Indians, and Atlanta Braves. All right, Robert, what are your three? Mine are the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Houston Astros, and the Cleveland Indians. All right, Noah. I've got the San Francisco Giants, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Houston Astros. All right, so we all have the Astros. I think that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty obvious, the biggest thing there. Uh, Zach Granke, uh, they get to him from the Diamondbacks for four prospects, top five prospects. Three of them were top five prospects, and they didn't give up nothing, but Zach Granke really puts him over the top. They also got Aaron Sanchez in the back of that rotation to shirt things up. Astros are looking mean, and like I said, we talked a little bit on this on, on Wednesday, so I don't want to touch too much on the Astros, but Robert... Uh, what's, why, why do you have the Astros when your top three winners here? Well, they had to get another starter. You looked at the back of the rotation at the beginning of the year. They had Colin McHugh and Brad Peacock, both pretty dicey. They've been more of the bullpen in the bullpen roles, so they're not used to starting again. It's been a couple of years, and unfortunately, that didn't pan out. So they had to find different ways to cop into those uh, scenarios. So how they fixed that is by getting Zach Granke. And no, he's not a 4-5. He's a 1 but guess what? They already have two ones. So that's pretty crazy. Like, <laughs> I don't know very many teams. Yeah. Nah, now they have three ones. Exactly. So that's pretty crazy to think about. Not a lot of teams have three ones. Yeah, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Zach Rinke are all ace-like. Maybe even yes. like like top top potential ace. They're not just like low yes. aces. They're yes. huge, big-time mm-hmm. aces. No and, doubt. And, and another thing that I want to talk about with the Astros, you mentioned Aaron Sanchez in the bullpen. That man had a no-hitter yesterday as a starting pitcher. I know. So let's, let's talk about how he could be a starter or – a reliever, and it's just going to make him blossom in Houston with all their analytics they like to use with pitching, with the spin front. What is it called? Um, spin rate. Spin, spin rate. rate. I was going to say something else. Spin rate. Yeah. So there's a lot to like about the Astros going here right now, and for the yeah. Diamondback side of it, I can't complain either. So yeah, lots of good prospects on the Diamondback side of it, and yeah. we'll get you. We'll get to you on that one. Sure. I. It's really interesting because you look at you get Verlander, Cole. And Granky, but if you need a four star, Wade Miley's been exceptional oh, yeah. this year. Yeah, so he he, he's number four, and you put Aaron Sanchez in the bullpen in the postseason. I mean, that's that's a really good uh, pitching staff you got there because Aaron Sanchez probably wouldn't be able to. He's not better than Miley right now. Uh, he might beat him out. We'll see. Um, but Miley's been really good too. Noah, what about you with the Astros, real quick? I think that quick point you you brought up it's it's huge. I mean, you could have realistically, Verlander, Cole, Granke, first three games of the series, and then go to Wade Miley for your off day, to say, uh, and your starting pitching staff. The other team, it's not really an off day for them. And then you go right back into Verlander, Granke, Cole. I mean, that's that's huge, especially when you're playing a team like the Dodgers, a team like the Yankees, who also, I think why the Yan- Astros are even more of a winner is that the Yankees didn't do anything. The Astros right now are the class of the American League. They, they have been, they still are, and they may even be better than the Dodgers right now with the way this rotation is. And so the Astros did exactly what they needed to make themselves a World Series contender and took the risk, even though they gave up quite a bit of prospects to get them. And one more point here. They didn't give up two of their top-rate prospects in Kyle Tucker and Forrest Whitley. 
That's no. pretty impressive for what and they Tucker got in Granky. Yeah. And Tucker is, you know, the, everyone was saying they should trade him because, you know, he doesn't have a spot. But they managed to hold on to him, and he's tearing it up in AAA right now. So he could be a part of that future sooner rather than later. I do want to point out, they did make a move with a former name game alumni player. They traded <laughs> Tyler White to the Dodgers earlier. It wasn't on Wednesday, but that was earlier this month or in July. For Andre Scrub. You remember Andre Scrub? <laughs> so there's a name game alumni there. It's popping up. It's happening. We're making things happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, another team I want to go over is the Indians. So Robert and I had the Indians on our three winners. Um, for me, I just for me on the, the Indians, I just I'm so marvelled how they gave up Trevor Bauer, one of the you know he's a he's above average pitcher, and they still got better. Uh, they got two outfielders, Framel Reyes and Yasiel Puig, who are really going to sure up that lineup, which they really needed in the fight for the AL Central against the Twins. They gave it Trevor Bauer. That's a big loss, but somehow they got better. Robert, what do you think on the Indians as one of your winter, winners? Yeah, that's an interesting one because Puig and Fran Mill Reyes, Yasiel Puig, that is, is going to make that lineup so much better. I don't know how exactly they're going to line it up going into the last month of the season because they could change it. It's very versatile. Obviously, you would think Lindor is going to be lead off the rest of the way. The way has gone, but there's a lot of things that can change. And the fact is that you can slot these guys in different spots in that order and give the batters, the good batters, certain pitches to hit, that is incredible. And that just makes that lineup so much deeper. With Fran Reyes and Yasiel Puig, there are more pitches for Lindor, Jose Ramirez, depending on how they fit this all together, to be swinging. And it's just, it's just crazy to think, guys. Even Carlos Santana, this might be one of the most underrated offensive lineups now in baseball. That's crazy kidding. to talk. That's crazy to talk about because I, if you go back to our prediction podcast or maybe our first few, first few podcasts of seasons, we talked about how this Indians lineup. We don't know where the offense is going to come from. <laughs> yeah. where they, we were talking how bad this offense is, and we saw how bad it was. And they were twelve games back of the Twins at one point when their yep. pitching went down and they couldn't hit. Now this is one of the most feared lineups in the American League, not just the AL Central. So it's I, like I said, I don't understand. It's it's nuts to me how they could just they trade Bauer, one of their best pitchers, who's healthy right now, and they still got a better return. They're a better team from it. Yeah. Well, I think I think Noah can vouch on me for this with Jose Ramirez and Lindor backs healthy. That helps yeah. a lot. Yeah, and Oscar Mercado's been a surprise. Yeah, who Carlos, had him up? Yeah, Carlos Santana. Has, I would call him the Buxton of the of the Indians. You want right? to? You want to? That's great. a former Cardinal, and we're gonna get to the Cardinals here later in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos Santana's been a, a lot better than people thought he would be. Yeah, who had that? They've had those guys, and then now that they're expected guys are coming back, it's it's big. Yeah, it's gonna be a dogfight for the AL Central down the stretch here. It'll be a good one. Uh, all right, you both have the Diamondbacks. I didn't have the Diamondbacks, so I'll let you guys carry it away. Noah, the Diamondbacks is one of your winners. Yeah, the Diamondbacks had an outstanding deadline, and I, I can't, um, you know, praise them even anymore just because Zach Gale, is it Zach Gallon or Galen? I think it's Gallon. I think it's, it's Gallon. I think it's Gallon because the nickname they said uh, today on the game when they were talking to him was the Milkman. So I think like of it, it like that. All right. Well, oh, I'm, okay. I'm going to say Galen just in honor of. For him not being here um but uh they traded him for a, and they traded a guy who was a former top 100 in chisholm um and his draft stock is his stock is falling and and scouts are 
are actually praising this deal, saying that the the Diamondbacks took advantage of his stock while they had it to get a solid middle-of-the-rotation guy. Then they trade Granke for four really good prospects, and they unload his salary for the most part. They picked up about a third of the remaining salary. Um, I think they did a great job trading Granke, and they they are still sort of in that mix for that wild card. So they're like, all right, you know what? We'll keep Mike Leak, or we'll get Mike Leak, and we'll keep Robbie Ray. That way, part of the team is still intact. You have Galen as well, uh, so you have that rotation still kind of there. You can make a push if your team gets hot, um, but also you're trading Granky while you can and while his stock is still as high as it probably will be. So I think the Diamondbacks did an outstanding job, and if these deals don't turn out the way that they want it, I think it's just bad luck because right now these deals are looking like they're in the Diamondbacks' favor. Robert, this is your team, man. Praise them. Yeah, you know, it's, like you said about the prospects panning out, it's the probability, and the probability is high that a lot that there's a good chance of a handful of them will do something or be average or something productive in baseball in the major leagues. And I think for this to be, because it's really sad to see another one go. As you guys know, you know, this is the franchise. We lost mm-hmm. Goldie last year, Corbin signed, you know, and Pollock, and now Granke's traded. And obviously, I understand it. And it makes sense. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot to like about what's going to happen. But the, the one thing that I do want to praise about the Dimebags is I look at this like a fantasy team. If I'm in first place and I'm trying to figure out to get rid of these controllable pieces and get pieces to win now, like just like in Major League Baseball, I would do exactly the same thing. And that's, you know, so like it makes a lot of sense. I totally get it. And I actually am excited to see what Zach Gallon can do because I don't really know. I've only seen a couple of his starts, and the first start I saw his major league debut, I wasn't impressed. And then he did well against the White Sox, and then he pitched against the Twins. So I'm I'm curious to see how this guy does. You know, it's really interesting. And Mike Leak, Arizona Sun Devil, you know, they like the Sun Devils. They got Merrill Kelly in the free agency. Something about Arizona, they just like to get him right back in here. But, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's very interesting to see how this will go forward. I, I like it. Um, but I, I think it's way too early to know. I'm not huge on – I don't know a lot about the guys that got back pretty much. From the Astros. Done my scouting. Yeah, yeah, from the Astros. Yeah. I haven't done enough scouting. I don't know. Yeah. And for me, the Dimebacks were kind of a product of some other teams doing just better than them. I thought the Dimebacks did a great job. But for me, I had the Atlanta Braves in my top three, and they really shored up that bullpen, which is what they really needed to do to kind of put them over the top as one of the best teams in the National League. They got Shane Green, one of the best closers – in baseball this year from the Tigers. They got Mark Melanson, who obviously has closer and back into the bullpen experience from the Giants. Chris Martin from the Rangers, who was in line for some saves there. He's been really good. So they did a really good job of shoring up that bullpen. Those are some solid arms. And it's a lot better than what some other teams did. Like the Nationals got good arms, but not those names. The Twins got some good arms. That was a team that needed bullpen help, but no one did better than the Braves when it came to bullpen help. And that's why they're in my top three. All right, no. Noah, you're the only one on the uh, alone with the Giants. So you said they're a winner. They didn't do many moves. I'm guessing that's why you think they're a winner. Yeah, they did a few moves. I think they did enough. And 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 why I'm saying they're a winner is not because of baseball, completely baseball reasons. Because uh, they didn't trade Madison Bumgarner. In realistic baseball sense, you're trading Madison Bumgarner as a rental for a team that that may or may not make the playoffs. Um, as the Giants are, but Bruce Bochy's in his last year. The yep. Giants are what twenty and six in their last twenty six games, something like that, on an absolutely hot streak. Um, they how 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 do you explain to the fans, hey, we're hot, we're making a playoff push, 
And now we're going to trade the entire roster, including a guy who's been a franchise, won, won three World Series for you. So I think they traded enough. They traded Sam Dyson, Mark Melanson. They traded Drew Pomerantz. So they, they traded those kind of pieces. Didn't quite go silent at the deadline, but they kept Madison Bumgarner, who could be a giant for life if they do resign him after this year, which they do plan on making a long shot attempt at resigning him. They got Scooter Jeanette as well. Um, the Giants, it's a pure PR move. I get it, and I get from a baseball sense it may not make sense, but I think the Giants won this because their fans are definitely happy. That clubhouse is now, they realize this front office believes in them, and it's Bruce Bochy's last year. I don't think you can really sell the team. So I know a couple weeks ago I was saying, hey, the Giants should sell, but I get this, and I really think that they did a good job trading away enough, but not too much. Yeah, I was no with you on that as well, for sure. Yeah. I had felt that Bochy's last year, why not just go for it? There's no yeah. harm there. All right. Well, those are our three winners at the deadline. Let's go to our three losers now. Mm-hmm. And I'll kick things off with maybe the perhaps the oh. biggest loser around baseball, the Yankees. Not the Cardinals yet, Robert. We'll oh, get to okay, the Cardinals. Okay, okay. But I, I think the Yankees excited. are consensus. They've been kind of really been kicked around in the dirt this week because of not making enough moves, definitely in the starting rotation side of things, when their biggest rival over in Houston makes a huge deal for Aaron Sanchez and Zach Granke. The Yankees kind of stood pat, didn't really do much. We all three, all three of us have the Yankees on our loser list. Um, Robert, Yankees, man, what the heck? <laughs> well, you were I, going well, off I, on them a few weeks yeah, ago. So. Yeah, I did. And here, here's the interesting thing about this. I think what they're thinking is a lot of their pitchers have underperformed, so they think they could be much better. Um, the problem is a lot of those guys they have have a lot of injury history or they're average when they're good. So I don't know what exactly their logic is going forward here. But I would say that, yes, a lot of their pitchers have underperformed. I would agree with that. But no, they still need to find a way to make the team better. And they could have done that by adding a Tanner Rorick or something, something small, small pieces, you know, but they decided to do nothing. And that to me is, well, I've already, I already said in the last podcast, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but that's, it's an embarrassment to New York. I don't, I'm sorry, but that just doesn't make sense. You Now you've seen the Astros stack up. Good luck. That's all I got for you. Yeah. The only thing they did significantly was getting Ed- Edwin Encarnacion a few weeks ago, but that wasn't a trade. That wasn't on the deadline. Yeah, and he's hurt, hurt. Broke his wrist. Classic. No, you got anything to add to that? I think pretty much the starting rotation is really the biggest gripe with fans. I mean, you're the Yankees. You're expected to win World Series. You're one of the World Series favorites. And then the Astros go out and get cranky, and you go here and sit and do nothing. And, and, I mean, you look at this team right now. The offense is outstanding. The bullpen is great. I get it. But when you're facing the Astros, and even before they get cranky, you ha- you're facing Verlander and you're facing Cole four games, <laughs> the seven-game series. And you're going to throw out there James Paxton, who James, he's James Paxton, but he can give up a lot of home runs. Like, he can be good, but he also can be very bad. Domingo Herman, who's unproven right now. Masahiro Tanaka, who's been kind of iffy this year, you're going to throw those out against Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. No, I'm sorry. You can't do that. And now, Granky. And, and I know <laughs> yeah. they, missed, they missed out on Marcus Stroman. Yeah, they did. And, and they did. They missed out on a lot of guys. I get it. The big arm market wasn't quite there, but you've got to make a push. You, you just have to. And now the Astros made a push, and the Astros are far much better than you right now. Yeah, and think, and think about the early game. If the Astros get ahead off the starters in the playoffs, what, what's the Yankees' bullpen going to do? Because the Astros' bullpen's not half bad either. Not too shabby. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's concerning it's for the Yankees. Yeah. Um, but one thing we've learned in the postseason is that sometimes you can just throw out logic because it can go crazy. But if you look at it right now, the Astros are clear favorites, but that's what we love about baseball is you can throw well, out are, kind of the logic. Well, those pitchers, I would say, are the past, the present, and the future. So, yeah. That's, I mean, this is crazy. That's yep. really And I'm wild. sorry, I don't, we didn't, I didn't go over each team. Let's do that right now. Let's do the three losers oh, yeah, for each of the sure. teams here. Yeah. So sure. my three were the Cardinals, Yankees, and Angels. Uh, Robert, you go with yours. I have the Yankees, the Cardinals, and the Twins. And I had the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Cardinals. Okay. I think it's a good time to do Cardinals. So <laughs> okay, it's been, going. it's Luke, been, you take it away. Pretty frustrating to watch the uh, the Cardinals stand pat at the deadline for not just this year, but we're talking all the way back to 2016. Let me let me run over some of the recent trade deadline moves they've made since 2016. In 2016, they got Zach Duke. They missed the playoffs. 2017, they got prospect Tyler O'Neill. They missed the playoffs. Last year, everyone kind of knows this one. They traded Luke Voigt to the Yankees for Chase and Shreve, Gianni Viegos. They also got Justin Williams, Connor Capel, Genesis Cabrera, some more prospects. They missed the playoffs. This year, this might be the worst year of them all. Zach Roscup, an injury-prone <laughs> left-hander with a above-five ERA, and a Tony Singrani, who literally is out for the year with a shoulder injury. They had to just ba- wow. balance cash. Why not? It's terrible. An absolute terrible trade deadline for the Cardinals. It's another one for John Mozeliak in the front office. It's one of the more frustrating things as a Cardinal. You're in first place. You're ahead of the Cubs in the middle of a series against the Cubs. Huge opportunity to make a big splash. The Cubs go out get Nick Castellanos and other pieces to really sure up their team. And the Cardinals do nothing. They win the series. They just got swept by the A's in two games. And I honestly think that might be a, a little bit of foreshadowing of things to come. The Cubs are in first place. I don't think the Cardinals are going to get back in first place for, uh, anytime soon. So I, I don't, I, I, I'm so frustrated. They needed, they needed a starter. Just any kind of starter. They could have got Jason Vargas, Tanner Roark, some of the other guys we talked about. They didn't need to go out and get a Zach Ranky or an Aaron Sanchez. They didn't do that. They had the prospects for it. They could have done it. And it's another excuse-ridden trade deadline where they say, we just couldn't get anything done. The asking prices were too high. We yeah, have maybe internal were, pieces. But, yeah, maybe say. they were too yeah. high. But you've said that the last five years. So maybe it's time yeah. to give up on some of your prospects. You have yeah. to. And I, it's Oh, my gosh. All right, you go ahead, Noah. No, I, I think that what their strategy is, is, you know, they're thinking this team's expected to be really good at the beginning of the year. We're losing Mar- We lost Marcelo Zuna. He's now just coming back. Yachty's out on the DL. Matt Carpenter as well. Our starting they're rotation. They're both terrible, though. Our, oh, I, I agree. But, like, our starting ro- your starting rotation has been kind of iffy, and it's starting to turn it around a little bit. Michaelis has been really good. Flaherty's been really good lately. That's what they're thinking. But really, I think that's just kind of, you know, I think it's a lazy way of saying, hey, uh, we didn't want to trade any big prospects to get anybody. Or maybe they just didn't have the prospects because, you know what, their farm mm-hmm. system is not they as good do, as they do, though. Dylan Carlson and Gorman are both very good prospects. Good I was going to say, I could argue they could have got Zach Gallon. They, they could have gotten. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, think I they, they could have gotten Jason Vargas. Are you kidding me? They could have got Strowman. They could have yeah. gotten Mike Leake. I mean, yeah. what? What did the Diamondbacks trade for Mike Lee? And Mike Lee had one of his best years for the Cardinals when he was there for the year. So he's definitely comfortable in St. Louis. Yeah, no, this is frustrating for Cardinal fans. Basically saying, you know, the Cubs beat us at the deadline. And right now the Cubs are ahead. I think you were right. The the Cardinals, without making a move, there's not that jolt of energy that you kind of get at the deadline. And that, that might hurt this team down the stretch. No doubt about it. 
All right, so now we kind of have one-offs here. So, Robert, you got the Twins, interesting, interestingly enough. Explain your reasoning for having a Twins as a loser. Yeah, it's interesting because we know we, that they got Sam Dyson, who's been shaky so far. I mean, He's no, on the IL now. It, oh, yeah, see, I didn't even know about that yeah. until you guys yep. told me. Yikes. Yep. But Sergio Romo's been pretty good. He's not been bad. But it wasn't up until – they got him earlier before the deadline. But I will say this. They have a decent rotation. I think it's better than most people think. It might not have performed as well as everyone's expecting. I know I have we have a few buddies that keep rattling on me about Kyle Gibson's not that good. But I would beg to differ. He's been not great, not terrible. He's just yeah. right there. You know what I mean? Like I, He could be better. But I would say, I would argue that there's no reason they couldn't have got Marcus Stroman or something like that. They have one of the best farm systems in the game. And I will, I will go on to say, your prospects are very valuable. I understand that. But if they never come up and play at your game at, in your stadium, it doesn't matter. So why not get rid of a few of them? You have so many of them. There's no reason to hold on to all of them, just like the Yankees are doing. Just there like is the Cardinals. No, and the Cardinals. There is no point. If you think you're championship caliber, you go make a move. You don't have to make a crazy one. You don't have to go against Zach Greinke. You don't have to do that. But you could have got a Strowman. You could have got, oh, I don't know. You might even got Robbie Ray. But you just didn't do it. And I just, uh-huh. I don't understand. Like, I, I get they're maybe not the most obvious pitchers to go into a postseason and be like, all right, we're going to dominate. Like, yeah, they could even got Madison Bumgarner, depending on what the market was, what the Giants mm-hmm. were looking for. I don't know. But I'll tell you something. We all know the Twins have one of the best farm systems in baseball. And there are some guys who may never get a look. And it's, I don't know, it's it's really confusing. And I, I would not say they're winners. That's just me. I don't know. No, you take that on being a Twins fan. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm going to have the Blue Jays as losers in part because of the Stroman idea. I think the Twins and other teams could have made a push for Stroman, but the Blue Jays didn't let him. And I think that's kind of, I, I, I believe that the Twins probably would have if they, if they could have. Um, the Twins, one more big arm, may not have put them over the top of the Yankees. Why risk an Alex Kirloff uh, to, to try and do that? Maybe they could have given her a little bit of a lower prospect, but still, um, they short up the bullpen, and that's kind of all they could have done. Yeah. And my loser is the Angels. My last loser is the Angels. They really didn't do much, and this is a team that's out of the out of the race a little bit. I thought they had they could have done some things with some of their players, and they could have made some moves to get some prospects. And I really just wanted to put them on blast. I was reading an article, uh, and it really kind of just it was it was kind of ranking all the trade deadlines. They gave the uh, they gave the Angels a D, and they, they didn't really do it because of they all they did they didn't really do much of the trade deadline, but they did it because. <laughs> the the off season they they've spent 34 million dollars on Matt Harvey, Trevor Cahill, Cody <laughs> Allen, Justin Boer and Jonathan Lucroy. Wow. <laughs> so Ouch. it's not I mean, just when, the trade deadlines yeah. this front office just seems incompetent. So if I'm mad as a Cardinals fan, if you're mad as a Yankees fan, at least you're not an Angels fan. Yeah. Bad <laughs> rough year for them after, you know, that's a bad off season, bad trade deadline. Tyler Skaggs was obviously heartbreaking. It's a tough and, year for Angels. Fans. And Upton has been awful. Yeah. <laughs> He's been so bad. Tough year for you guys. Yeah. All right. So we've got to move on here. We have a question this week uh, from uh, number one Stitches podcast fan, Jack, my cousin. Uh, he loves the pod. loves Robert's rants. Um, so, Robert, keep it going. You're our, you're, I call you our Stephen A. Smith. So how's that? <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a compliment or if it's a I diss. think it's a compliment because he's All like right. a – Billionaire. He's making yeah, money. Millionaire, yeah. I just do it for the fans. I'm not doing it for the money. It's not for the fans. It's not for the money. <laughs> All right. 
All right, so his question is, uh, obviously we have a lot of Twins fans, so this is another tw- coming from a Twins fan. Do you think there's any way that the Twins sign Nelson Cruz to a team-friendly deal, or do you think he's gone for after this year? Um, and after the question was sent, and I put it on the Google Doc here, Noah pointed out he does have a $12 million team option. So I kind of adjusted the question here. Will the Twins pick up Nelson Cruz's option, and if not, will they re-sign him? Or will they even re-sign him anyway without the, uh, for, for a longer period of time? Uh, so I open this question up to you guys. Uh, Noah, what are your thoughts on Nelson Cruz with the Twins? I mean, the effect that he's had on this clubhouse is very evident. Uh, Nelson Cruz is a hard worker. There's a reason why he's 39 years old and he has 30 home runs. It's because he works hard. He puts the time in the gym and he makes a big impact on other people. And in fact, people rave about his skills with the community and how much he does for the community. He goes on road trips and when he has a day off, he'll go to a hospital and he'll talk to a kid in a children's hospital. I mean, he's a great guy. It's $12 million. He's putting up uh, it was an all-star caliber year. He didn't get an all-star selection, but it could have been an all-star selection. I don't think there's really a question that you don't pick up this $12 million option because of the effect that he has beyond just his game. Robert, your thoughts on Cruz? Well, well, well. What did I say about Cruz being one of the best moves of the offseason? I think wrong. that is speak volume into right. what the Twins have become this season. And yeah, you you nailed it, Noah. He is literally, uh, he's everything. He's a Paul Goldschmidt to what he was as the Diamondbacks. He does everything for the community. He is a leader. He continues to help the young kids get better. It's just, it's incredible. All these Latin, Latin American players on the Twins that he is influencing and trying to make them, you know, be more disciplined, not only on the field, but off the field, making smart decisions, making them seem like they're going to be, you know, they're going, he knows they're going to be stars. It's just putting them in the right direction. And I think Cruz is a great mentor for all of them. And wow. Yes. They need to resign him or pick up his option. Absolutely. Yeah. I think to answer Jack's question directly, he's 39. So I don't think he's going to get any extension or anything. I think it's just going to be the ba- the straight pickup of that $12 million team option because that is team friendly in itself. He's got 30 home runs this year. He's in 295. And this is a 30 home run. He was hurt for like three weeks. Yeah. yeah. And he's having one of his best years in recent memory, honestly. I mean, maybe the, the juice balls are helping that a little bit, but he's <laughs> on pace for 40-plus homers. Well, you love yeah. that hard hit rate. He's one of the top. He is. Yeah, so, I I, yeah, yeah, I think no doubt that Nelson Cruz will be back next year on, a, on the team option. Uh, so uh, keep, keep an eye out for him in that lineup. And he'll be, uh, yeah, he's 39. He'll be 39 next year, too. It looks like his birthday was just this past July. So... An old guy still producing. Got to gotta love it. All right, let's wrap things up here with the name game. Uh, so I gave you guys the name Josh Advocate. You both said yes. I have failed my duty this week. You both got it right. Josh Advocate Whoa! is a player. Let's yeah. go. We, rab- we advocated for him, and boy, did he. Noah and I secretly got together before and uh, talked about <laughs> See, I didn't look it up in, on the computer, but I theories. pulled out my baseball <laughs> roster book, and I just searched through the book. Wait, can we can we quickly, just for a minute, talk about Oscar Mercado? You brought it up, and I wanted to hear about it real quick. He was what, like, the Cardinals? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just another one of those guys that the Cardinals, they, they don't know how to trade prospects. It's really frustrating. I mean, you look at um, Luke Voigt with the Cardinals. I, I can't think of him off the top of my head, but Luke Voigt to the Yankees, they totally missed. And maybe that's that's a product of they're getting Goldie. They got Goldie anyway, so it's a big deal. But Luke Voigt is one of the – he's hurt, but he's one of the better hitters. And they traded him for – they got lucky with Gallegos being so good. I don't think he was supposed to be this good. Um, they got lucky there. So Luke Voigt, trade him away. And then Mercado, they trade him away for bucket of balls. <laughs> and he's killing it for the. Like, this is a this was a young outfielder they traded, 
and it's, and he's one of the he's been really solid for the Indians club. It's I would give him as a Buxton like yeah what Buxton could end like up being like is Buxton like all like all around yeah all around these guys are very similar yeah exactly that's what I see it's crazy yeah yeah I, there's a lot of Cardinals out there I, I maybe next week I'll come up with a list of just prospects they've traded away that for nothing that have turned on on to do something I don't know maybe I'll do that all right everybody uh, just before I wrap things up here just want to remind you're on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. You can send your questions, just like my cousin Jack, to Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Podcast at gmail.com. And the more fiery the question, the better to get Robert set off. Um, get a Stephen A. Smith style up in here. Let's go. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at StitchesPod. Again, that's at StitchesPod. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back next week with Nick Budig on the panel. Take care.